Thanks for tuning in to this IDH podcast. Today we'll be speaking about the Cocoa and Forest Initiative and the framework of action that was recently signed at the 23rd Climate Change Conference in Bonn, Germany. This framework committed 70% of the cocoa sector, including private companies and the governments of Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana, to actions which will effectively eliminate deforestation related to cocoa production in these two countries, and actually restore degraded forest areas. This is no small feat, and something that's probably never been accomplished before on this scale. So, let's hear from Violaine Berger, our IDH expert on tackling deforestation related to commodity production. So my name is Violaine Berger, and at IDH, I'm a senior manager on learning and deforestation, focusing on the issue of uh, deforestation, um, which means that I'm working very closely with the teams on uh, how they can best address deforestation. Thanks so much for joining us, Violaine. Could you start by telling us a little bit about the link between commodity production and deforestation? Sure. Well, um, actually, research shows that um, well, commercial agriculture drives at least two-thirds of trop- tropical deforestation globally. Um, and um, the majority of forest clearance and impacts come actually from the production of four key commodities, which are palm oil, soy, timber and cattle. Uh, but we can now add cocoa to that list because it has become clear that cocoa is also an important driver of deforestation, and in particular in tropical landscapes like um, in, in West Africa. Sounds like a really big issue. Most of the world's cocoa comes from West Africa. Cote d'Ivoire alone supplies something like 1.7 million tons annually. Could you zoom in a little to Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana? What's the situation there? Yes, well, um, in, a, in a country like Côte d'Ivoire, uh, the forest cover was of about 8 million hectares in 1990, and it has been dramatically reduced to an estimated 3 million in uh, 2015. And, and studies estimate that about 60% of forest loss was due to agriculture expansion, and, and among which 38% due to cocoa production. Um, so cocoa, well, compared to other listed commodities, is very unique because it's a crop produced by millions of smallholder farmers on uh, farms that average three hectares in size. So it makes finding solutions to deforestation in the cocoa sector very challenging because we must address social, economic and environmental issues across the landscape. And this really requires collaboration between the industry, governments, civil society organizations, so that we can identify solutions on these challenges. And and solutions, there's a wide range of solutions that we can implement from traceability, transparency, of course, enforcing forest laws, but also addressing illegal farms and farmers in uh, protected areas. So you mentioned some of the possible solutions, like more transparent and traceable supply chains and better enforcement of protected areas. Are these things included in the Cocoa and Forest Initiative's Framework for Action? And could you tell me a little bit more about the Frameworks for Action? What is it and what's been achieved? Yes, well, actually, the Cocoa and Forest Initiative was first, well, initially launched uh, on the 16th of March this year at a a high-level meeting that was hosted by the Prince Charles. 
um, during which uh, about, uh, well, it was 12 companies at that time that committed to ending deforestation in their uh, cocoa supply chain. And uh, this first group of companies was convened by IDH uh, in partnership with the World Cocoa Foundation and ISU, which is the International Sustainability Unit of the Prince Charles. Um, so this was really how the, the initiative started. Um, and then, so the statement of intent was signed by these companies, and then we had more and more companies signing it, which was which was great. But we needed really to translate it into action. Um, this is why we started um, convening well companies together with government, but also civil society organizations, to discuss about these actions. Uh, that would f uh, fit into a framework for action, which is the document that was signed uh, most recently at the UNFCCC COP in Bonn uh, by the Ghana government, the Cote d'Ivoire government, and uh, a core group of companies. I read that the frameworks of action are structured around three pillars. Could you tell me what these pillars are and why IDH thinks they're needed in order to eliminate deforestation in the cocoa supply chain? Sure. So um, this uh, framework uh, is structured around three key pillars, which are first, the first pillar is forest protection and conservation. So it's about conservation of national parks and forested areas, as well as restoration of forests that have been degraded by human activities and, well, in particular, encroachment by cocoa farms. The second pillar is sustainable production and farmers' livelihoods. And it's about sustainable intensification and diversification of income so as to uh, increase farmers' yields and increase li uh, farmers' livelihoods. And the idea is really to grow more cocoa on less land and thereby to reduce pressure on forests. Then the third pillar, which is also extremely important, is really about community engagement and social inclusion. So it's about making sure that uh, cocoa-growing communities are engaged and are empowered. And in particular, it relates to the mitigation of the social impacts and risks of land use changes on, on cocoa farmers and their communities. Um, but also, well, the framework's commitments include the development um, of a transparent and credible process to measure and monitor progress on the framework actions. Uh, so it will include the, the development and adoption of a, a transparent satellite-based monitoring system that will include uh, deforestation alerts. Sounds like a really comprehensive set of actions. What was the role of IDH in this process? So what uh, we did uh, as IDH, but also together with the World Cocoa Foundation, we, we brought together business, government, civil society organizations, and others at a national level to discuss and agree on the, the key actions uh, that needed to be implemented to reach the target of ending deforestation in the cocoa supply chain. Um, so the process included in-country roundtables, bringing together a variety of stakeholders, but it also included one-on-one -on -one meetings and calls with industry, with governments, but also with civil society organizations. So we had to reconcile uh, the different positions of the industry, government, and civil society organizations to come up to an agreement. So indeed, it generated uh, quite some discussion so that we get this alignment, but we are uh, extremely uh, well, pleased that we could reach the agreements and that 
um, and that the, the frameworks were signed um, in on the 16th of November in Bonn. And what are the next steps? What needs to happen now in order to translate these actions on paper to real changes on the ground? So there will be meetings in Cote d'Ivoire in Ghana to get all of the stakeholders together, to get them on board, uh, and to co-design concrete plans for rolling out these actions. So there will be also the creation of um, uh, thematic working groups, because there are some more uh, details that need to be uh, fleshed out so that we're able to, to move towards implementation. And in this process, it's going to be critical to engage farmers, in particular because they should be really at the core of the action um, around yeah, increasing productivity, also um, enhancing their livelihoods and uh, protecting forests and, and restoring forests that have been degraded. Is there an element of the frameworks for action that you think is the most critical or believe in the most? Um, really, it's really about the forest protection and restoration. I think uh, forest protection can't happen with just one group of stakeholders involved. Uh, there's really a need for um, companies, farmers, government to collaborate to ensure that the remaining forests of Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana are going to be protected and that also they're going to be uh, restored. Thanks again so much for your time, Violen. One final question. We've been talking so much about cocoa. What about the other sectors you mentioned that contribute to deforestation? Um, at IDH, we're working also on other um, commodities that um, are also um, one of the drivers of deforestation um, in, in tropical forested uh, countries. So this is a case of uh, palm oil in Indonesia, but also soy and cattle production in Brazil. Um, and also um, we're working very much with the tea industry in Kenya to protect uh, well forests as well, because uh, the tea industry um, is heavily dependent on healthy forests. Thanks, Violen, for sharing on this milestone commitment and what it means for the cocoa sector. We'll check back and see what you think of the progress being made. And thanks to you, our listener. Tune in next month when we hear about the state of vanilla in Madagascar and the recent effects a hurricane has had on sustainability in the sector. Great, thank you.